You're listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. The Norse sagas have claimed for over 800 years that people had traveled to the eastern shores of North America, at least as early as 1000 CE. In the 1960s, this was proven to be true. This is episode 6 for January 6, 2018. I'm Chris Webster and welcome to the ARC 365 Podcast, 2018 edition. ARC 365 is a podcast today, every day, in 2018. This network is supported by our listeners. You can become a supporting member by going to arcpodnet.com slash members and signing up. As a supporting member, you have access to high-quality downloads of each show and a discount at our future online store and access to show hosts on a members-only Slack team. For professional members, we'll have training shows and other special content offered throughout the year. Once again, go to arcpodnet.com slash members to support the network and get some great extras and swag in the process. That's arcpodnet.com slash members. This episode is written by Gerard Panda Terry. In 1960, the husband and wife team of Helga and Anne Stein Ingsted made a fantastic discovery. Just outside La Anza Meadows in Newfoundland, they discovered the first known Norse settlement in North America. When a local man, George Decker, led them to some mounds known locally as an old Indian camp, they knew they had found what they were looking for. Between 1961 and 1968, seven excavations were carried out. Eight complete house sites were found and the remains of a ninth. It was determined that the site was definitely of Norse provenance, as the building's characteristics were so similar to those of settlements remains found in Scandinavia. This could be the Vinland mentioned in the Norse sagas. Traditionally, the name Vinland has been interpreted as land of grapes, but the Ingstads interpreted this to be land of meadows. The Ingstads doubted this theory, saying that the name Vinland probably means land of meadows, and the confusion could be caused by the two historic ways in which the first vowel sound of Vinland could be pronounced. Though the area around La Anza Meadows would not have been meadowland historically, it still allowed them to expand the scope of their explorations and then discover the site. The appearance of the surrounding area today is mostly open grassland, but historically there would have been a lot of woodland, which would have made it attractive to the peoples of Iceland and Greenland as they were living in a part of the world that had very few trees. Those that they did have tended to be short and scrubby. The availability of quality lumber would have made the area attractive to the Norse for shipbuilding materials. Most of the buildings appear to have been of wood and sod construction. The largest building was 28.8 meters by 15.6 meters and had several rooms. The buildings have been identified as dwellings or workshops based upon the small finds within each structure. Three small buildings may have been workshops or living quarters for lower status crew or slaves. One of the buildings has shown to be a smithy due to the presence of iron slag and a forge. Another building may have been a carpentry workshop that also had a dedicated boat repair area. Information revealed by the presence of the ship's rivet. In building G, a loom weight was found, and this in combination with a spindle among the small finds may indicate the presence of women. Other small finds reveal some interesting information. A bronze ringed pin, which has possible origins in the parts of Ireland settled by the Norse. The presence of butternuts found at the site shows that either the Norse had traveled further south or took part in trade with the locals as butternuts were and still are not found so far north. The remains of animal bones at the site show that the occupants hunted a wide variety of animals. Bones from caribou, wolf, fox, bear, lynx, marten, birds, fish, seal, and walrus have been found. Much of this was probably for food, but some may also have been hunted for trade goods, such as furs and walrus tusk ivory. It is thought that a settlement of this size would have been capable of supporting a population between 30 and 160 people. Not the largest numbers, but at this time, this would have been between 10 and 20% of the population of Greenland. 
Though we have no specific evidence as to why the North Settlement was abandoned, there are some theories it may be that an increase in harsh winters caused the settlement to be too hard to maintain. Couple this theory with the small numbers of people, which would not have been significant for a successful colony. Later settlements in North America by the English, with much bigger numbers, were not successful. A final nail would have been the distance to Europe. With the relative size of North ships, commodities were too difficult to import, and there was still available pasture land in Greenland. As such, there would have been insufficient economic reasons to maintain a colony. It may also be that this was only ever meant to be a temporary settlement. Despite the substantive buildings, there are no burials, no evidence of animal pens or agriculture, and it was probably abandoned in an orderly fashion. The site became a UNESCO World Heritage Site in 1978. It is possible to visit the site today, and there are even reconstructions of the buildings that were found. Thank you. Thanks for listening to ARC 365. If you want to hear more ARC 365, check out www.arcpodnet.com slash ARC 365 for the 2017 and 2018 episodes. Check out arcpodnet.com slash ARC 365-G30 for the last 30 episodes. Please subscribe and rate on your service of choice. We're available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, among others. Support the APN at arcpodnet.com slash members. Thanks for listening, and thanks for being awesome. This show is produced and recorded by the Archaeology Podcast Network, Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle, in Reno, Nevada, at the Reno Collective. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archpodnet.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com.